Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Colin II, and with me as always via Zoom is... Matthew Noel Haas. So that'd be like Matthew Christmas. Yeah, I, I, I actually like that name. Matthew Christmas. Do a, do a Christmas album? Yes. How Matthew Christmas presents. Pre presents, like presents? Yes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Math Matthew Christmas presents. Um, Deadly Games, and um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, as it is that time of year again, folks, I would like to remind you that. We must not listen to all of Christmas music and do what it says. Because, um, I mean, the song says, have a cup of cheer. That does not mean to go down to your local Walmart, buy some cheer laundry detergent and drink it. Or bring it to your mm. you know, next holiday party and share it with your friends. No, it does not. Yes. No... It that's does not. dangerous. We don't want no cheer challenges going on now. Oh, now you just created it by saying that. Oh, shit. Yeah, so... Uh-oh. Okay, all you kids out there on the Instagrams and the Tixie Toxies and all that stuff... <laughs> don't be doing any challenges. And if you're on the books, you know, on the Facebooks... And the books. Yeah. Don't do no challenges. No, no challenges. Don't, don't do it. Nope, nope, nope. No cheer challenge. No. I actually like the sound. I like this, the way the word sounds. Cheer. I know it's a bad thing, but yeah. I like Well, the here's a cheer challenge for you. Go out okay. there and spread joy to all your friends. And now I'm not talking about the, uh, the dish soap. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't go out there and, you know, spray dish soap all over your friends like, like you you are want to do, you know. Um, well, that's that's at least not as harmful as drinking it. Spraying it won't really yeah, harm spreading you. So. Cheer, spreading joy is not as bad as drinking cheer. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you'll get all soapy and stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's not as bad as, you know, drinking detergent so yeah you know yeah and i and, and i have seen that if you take like dawn dish soap you can clean up ducks with it somehow that's like one of the oldest commercials they've, they've been doing that same commercial yeah. since i was a little kid uh like we clean ducks from oil spills or whatever i'm like that's cool i guess but really yeah, yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> whatever so anyway, it's, it's only Dawn that can do it. No other soap can do it. Only Dawn soap can do it. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I'm trying to let you know that it's so gentle that it can clean a duck. But yep. it's abrasive enough to clean that grease off of your dirty pans. Yeah. You know, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, joy does not spread joy on the duck. It's too rough, so... But I will you know. tell you right now, if Joy or Dawn or Cheer would like to sponsor our podcast, I'd be more than happy to let you. And I yeah, talk please. about the greatness of Joy mm -hmm. and Dawn and Cheer. Yeah. Or Paul Malive mm -hmm. or Tide. Ooh, Tide. Yeah. Yes. As long as Changing. we're not as long as we're not eating Tide pods like the kids yeah. want to do. You know, I can't believe it. In my generation, we used to just, you know, do this and that. We didn't eat those Tide Pods. <laughs> wow. Yeah, people oh. in this generation, that uh, the kids are not eating Tide Pods. Maybe one or two are that you might know. I don't know. But I'm just saying yeah. we're not going to generalize a whole group of people. Nope. Based on the fact that a couple eat Tide Pods. Yeah. And, you know, if you do eat Tide Pods, you're probably going to have a fever dream, which leads us into this movie. Yes. That 
a fever dream of a film. Yes, the fever dream of a film that we are covering today is a film. I'll just start out with the basic premise of this. There's a kid who's kind of left home alone. Hmm. <laughs> and then there's he's defending his home from an invader. Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like the Christopher Columbus classic Home Alone. Mm-hmm. That came out in 1990. This is a French film that came out in 1989 called 3615 Code Pierre Noel, <laughs> also known as Deadly Games or Dial Code for Santa Claus <laughs> or Game Over. Or Hide and Freak. <laughs> it has more names than P. Diddy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I made a really bad joke there. I'm sorry, folks. So, um. It's a bad branding to name a movie so many titles. Like, yes. stick with one, and because you're going to be confusing people, because some of them might think Game Over is a different movie than Deadly Games or Dial Code Santa Claus or. Hide and Freak honestly sounds like a horror film. Yes. Like a slasher, not not what this movie is. No. Um. I my my personal favorite, I like Deadly Games Dial Code Santa Claus, which is what the director calls it in the English his English translation for it. So Cause that makes sense. Because this movie is one fucked up movie. It starts out as like a nice little Christmas movie. And then goes into this weird thing where it's like Home Alone meets Die Hard meets um, Halloween meets Friday the 13th meets um, Black Christmas meets um, that dream I had that one time when I went to the doctor and they gave me these pain meds that really made me kind of loopy. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old pain meds, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they really couldn't fuck with your dreams. Um, or the time when I was, at, I was like, really depressed and went to the hospital, and they gave me some kind of stuff to, for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I went out to dinner and don't remember any of it, and I guess I was acting really weird. So, uh, yeah. Probably, probably like, um, um, Anavan or like um, what's what's the, what was the really popular one back in the day? Um, I can't think of the word. Um, yeah, I'm not uh, sure what it was, but I just know I went I went out to eat with my dad and his girlfriend at the time, and I guess I was reading things from the newspaper to them and being really funny to the waitress and all this other stuff, and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, have been Valium. Sorry, Valium was like the really hardcore one. Yeah, back, no, I like, never I've never been a Valium. I'm pretty sure, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it's what it is. It's, it feels like a, a, one of those kind of dreams. It, it was very subtle shift of like the movie kind of changing tone, but then it just it was like subtle at first, but then it just got changed all at once. It ramped, like, it ramped up fast. It was like zero it, to <laughs> zero to ninety. <laughs> it was because like you know the beginning of the film is like it, it's like shows the kid he's like really into like making contraptions and he's like really smart like. Strategist, you know, for like combat, he's always wearing like, you know, war paint on his face. Yeah, he looks like Rambo or something. Yeah, so he like playing with his dog, like he's got his dog like with like a tracker on it, and he like lures him into a trap where he has like a a floor that like a trap trap door and like in the floor, and there's like a net, you know, underneath it. And then, like, you know, it's like, oh, it's kind of funny, you know, like, you know, he's, like, really into computers, too. Like, he's basically, like, a, like a boy genius kind of character. Yeah, he's, like, a child prodigy who, like, likes to create contraptions and things like that. And he also lives in this mansion that's just, like, insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, like, it's a huge-ass man. I think it's because his family owned this mall. I don't know if it's mom inherited it or she started i think it was more of like a family like dynasty kind of business like a, like a, you know what i mean yeah like some kind of shopping center that she owns of some or something like a really big mall like like really big and like um so that's like the beginning right it's like him going through like his morning like you know her, her you know her 
his grandpa lives with them and he's got like diabetes he's almost blind and so like he's supposed to kind of like help take care of them and stuff like that while she goes to the, the store and uh you know so it's like nice little family movie you know kids taking care of i'm sorry but <laughs> what's that bad parenting Bad parenting, you know. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, go ahead, take care of your grandpa. You're ten. Wait, what? Yeah, and like, uh, take, take care, sure take, take take care of your grandpa who can't see at all. Uh, right, and- right. And it's like we're rich, so technically we could hire like a live-in uh, helper, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Well, technically, I think they did have a caretaker, but like, whatever. Yeah, there was um, a caretaker of the grounds, but they lived in a different house that was on the grounds. Oh, so yeah, like they, like this. Couple. Oh, they're a groundskeeper. Yeah, like basically, okay. they were like the care, like the land caretakers. So, <laughs> wow. And then, um, so that's like the nice little beginning. Like they're playing like some kind of like American rock music or something, like with English, which is weird because a lot of the music in here were the lyrics were in English. Yeah. But the the it's just a weird overall. I don't know if that was intentional just to make it more surreal, probably. But well, um, it, I I think it was actually just true to form because at the, I mean. I mean, there there are a lot of you know local language um, songs in countries like France and stuff like that, but a lot of times the American music infiltrates most communities, and so people yeah. people know like that don't speak English at all, like know all the words to a Madonna song or something, you know? Oh yeah, because you listen to it so often, yeah. yeah. So. So then that's like the cool beginning. Then, then like we, it, the, the shift starts to happen. It's very subtle, but so this dude, I guess, I guess it's implied that he's homeless. I don't know. He didn't look homeless to me. He had like a nice scarf on and stuff. But maybe he could have gotten from somewhere. Yeah. And he's just kind of walking down the street, and they're you know these kids are playing, you know, having a snowball fight, and you know he, he kind of you know he kind of smiles because you know he's like you know enjoying the moment, like you know these kids are having fun and they're gleeful and you know they're full of joy maybe it reminds him when he was younger that maybe he was happy or whatever so he just you know innocently just decides to join you know the snowball fight he just gets a little ball you know it's not like too hard and he kind of throws it and then all the kids just run away from him and then he just looks really sad like like oh i was just wanted to you know participate you know so you know you start kind of feeling sorry for him for a little bit cause he did nothing wrong he just got to throw a little snowball he's walking by you know but then but then you, you don't feel sorry for him a few minutes later um, because he decides to to apply for a job to be a mall santa for christmas eve and he does something really weird where he just starts stroking this kid's cheek for like 30 straight seconds and um, it makes you wonder if there's like some kind of backstory though that they didn't give us like maybe he lost a daughter or a son or something and i i'm starting to wonder if he's maybe like a pedophile i, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't that, know what they're going because, for here well because when all the kids ran away from him that maybe was like stranger danger type yeah you know i don't know but that's what i the vibe i was getting because like then you go from that to him, like literally just like inappropriately stroking this kid's face for like yeah. thirty straight. Because it's we like, did like, have a scene, and like, we have a scene in there too with uh with Thomas. He's our little boy in this movie, um, mm-hmm. the little prodigy. He um uses a computer that he has to try to communicate with Santa Claus, and he makes contact with this with this like local derelict. <laughs> and um, he's using some kind of there's like a public terminal computer. I didn't know they had those things, but I guess they did. Yeah, eighty nine. They had internet in France, apparently. Yeah. <clears throat> Was this before or after Al Gore invented it? <laughs> yeah, the algorithm. <laughs> the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they. Uh. Yeah. Like the. So, so this this guy interferes it and pretends to be Santa Claus to the kid online and basically gets the kid's address from him. Oh my god, it was so so. And like his friend, his friend was like warning him, like, "Don't." It, it, what was the word he said? This might be a kinky 
message board. Like, yeah, don't, something don't, like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't talk to him. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's it's definitely Santa Claus. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're a prodigy, but at the same time, you're a moron because, like, even your friend who's kind of like a dunderhead is like telling you not to talk to this ran- rando online. Like, <laughs> that's the thing. There are a lot of people out there who are really book smart but have no common sense. Yeah, apparently he's one of them. Because yeah. uh, he just talked with some random, well, do anyone really it could have been anyone, and uh, yeah, and the, the kiosk, and then like, but it was weird because he had to pay quarters into it. Like, I guess the minutes would run out, so he's like, yeah, because it's like a public shoving. terminal that you have to pay for or something. I guess they used to have these in places. I remember I was looking looking into it. Like, there used to be like a lot of places. Like, they were kind of like a. Like, now we have, like, these internet cafes and stuff where you can go in and pay and stuff, but I guess they had things like that, too, like, in the past where you would pay to use a computer, even before the internet. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, you'd go on campuses and stuff, and you could pay, like, $5 for an hour to watch, to play on the computer or something, you know? So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah, what, so, so what happens after this, this this guy strokes this kid's face. Uh, God, so awkward. And, uh, well, the kid says, like, I don't like your face. And he's like, what? And he says something else. And then he, the guy slaps the kid in the face. Yeah. And then the, that's when the Thomas's mom was just walking by right when that happened. So she fired him on the spot. And then she, he was supposed to go to, like, I guess, HR to collect his paycheck or whatever or something. And uh, so he goes down there to, like, talk to, like, the guy who's also like her boyfriend, I think. And, uh, he, he's like on the phone with someone else. And the guy, like, I think overhears something about Thomas or whatever, like the, the gifts, like the presents are going to be delivered to the house or whatever. So he just, he walks out and basically decides he's going to go to that house and try to like, see, that's what's weird about this movie. So like, we're led to believe, I guess that like, he's, he's there to, harm and or kill Thomas but like later on in the movie like Thomas eventually quote like wins no no like the the Santa Claus guy catches him but then he releases him and now he wants to be the person who's hiding so it's almost like it's a game to him in some yeah, way that's why I think like he, it's very bizarre like, I think this guy I think this guy's like just like got some mental issues, you know, it's more than anything, you know what I mean? Oh, it's, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's definitely. trying to kill people, but... Well, yeah, he wants to kill, but he kind of wants to keep the game going at the same yeah. time. Which I think, I really do think that the, my, my theory is a little bit right about the child thing, because, like, like he, at some points, he almost has, like, a childlike demeanor, like, and, and like, because at one point, like, Thomas, like, puts, like, a fake grenade onto, like, a toy train, like, a music box thing, and the guy's, like, smiling at it, and he's, like, holding it up to his face, and, like, like almost like what a little kid would do, you know? So, like, I wonder... Yeah. There's something going on, like, you know what I mean? Like, if he still thinks of himself as, like, a child, maybe, in some weird way. So, what I want to say and, now is the uh, the Rob Zombie uh, remake of this, where we get to the backstory of the of the Santa Claus guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we want to... I want to make sure that we... So anyway, so the the guy he he like goes and kills the dude who um, like he he I think he he got in the van where the presents were supposed to be yeah, delivered. He was, yeah, he was hiding in the back of the van with the presents, and then gets to the gets to the mansion, and when the guy goes to the back to get the presents out, he kills him in a whole like Michael Myers sort of style. <laughs> Yeah, like you hear like choking sounds and stuff, and yeah. yeah, and I mean the whole like hiding in the back of a car and stuff is something that Michael Myers would do. So it's just yeah, definitely. I don't know. It's 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 funny, and then um. So the thing is, is he didn't even really need Thomas's address because he could just. <laughs> well, yeah, he already knew it, so I don't know. Maybe he just needed, needed a ride to get yeah, there. Yeah, basically. So, you know. <laughs> But yeah, he he kills the caretakers too. That's right. So my question is, did he know? 
like who Thomas was before, or was that just some random address he got, but then he put two and two together and realized it was the same kid? They never really explained that. Oh, I was just wondering if, if he, like, was he just randomly trying to get some kid's address at first before he even knew, like, his plan? Like, because that would be an extra layer of creepiness right there. If he just yeah, maybe randomly... he was just messing with the kid, and then um, and maybe <laughs> thinking that, oh, I can go steal something in this house because I'll, you know, the kid will be home alone trying to, you know, because the kid also, the other thing too is he set up, um, the kid's really obsessed with Santa Claus. And he, oh, set, yeah, he, he set up a, a camera, a security camera system in the house where he's, and he's got like an armband with a like monitor on it where he can see the different um, cameras in the house. In 1989. <laughs> right. Well, they were rich, so he afford all the degrees, you know. I guess so. Technology. Plus, he's a genius. So. Right. Well, right. it reminds me, uh, the whole Santa obsession, this, this makes it even darker with the whole, like, like, he actually thinks if Santa Claus tried to kill him and his Yeah. Family, like. That's what makes that's it sad. Up. <laughs> that's what makes it so much more sad. <laughs> that's like I because mean, if, well, if you're upset, if you're a kid obsessed with anything, I mean, like if you're a kid who like was watching Paw Patrol and believed that those dogs were real, and then a dog that was wearing a police out office officer outfit came into your house and you thought it was, you know, Chase from Do- Paw Patrol, and then all of a sudden the dog started killing you. <laughs> That'd be it's like up. you actually think it, it's that dog, yeah. So yeah. like, I remember when they were at breakfast, and he was like, like sort of having his doubts about Santa Claus, and his mom said, "Don't, don't, don't look for Santa because Santa. If you, if you stay up, Santa turns into an ogre or something like that. You know, like if you try to stay up and watch him, you know, come down the chimney or whatever. Then yeah, you should be a." So like he said, there thinks it's his fault because he stayed up to see Santa come, and like so like he thinks it's like his responsibility. And he's like at one point he's like, I I just wanted to see you, and this is what you've done to me and my family. It's like wow. Before that, there was like a really creepy scene too with the with Santa Claus, where he finds some kind of white like spray paint. <laughs> And spray paints all of his hair because he's got like a darker hair <laughs> to make himself look more yeah, like Santa. That was really weird. And, and just the filming of that was weird. Like he's just got this big smile on his face while he's spray painting his beard and shit. And it's just like so creepy. <laughs> <clears throat> this this guy was played such a great creep. I mean, like, like the acting of this guy was just like, like. Chef's kiss, like beautiful, like yeah, you know, you know, like he just he played that role. So 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 he goes there, kills the caretakers, kills the the driver, and then he kills the dog, family dog. Yep, that happened. Uh, the dog went to try to protect Thomas, and there was like a knife or a fork or something on the table. Yeah, and I mean, then, he stabs the dog in the throat. God. Oh my god, that was creepy. That's so, I hate it when they kill dogs movies. And, like, uh, right in front of the kid, too. Yeah, he's hiding underneath mm-hmm. the table, and then and then so, like, he's, like, has to, like, basically, like, forget that for the moment just to survive. So he's gotta, like, just suppress that emotion to that yeah. happening. And at one point, though, there's, like, this scene where, like, he finally has, like, a little minute to think or whatever. And he's like, having all these flashbacks of him playing with the dog and doing all these contraptions with them. I'm like, don't! And they're so playing like, this weird, like, song, like, 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 happy Christmas to you, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a quick oh. break here, Matt, and then we'll talk about yeah, the rest sure. of the plot here? Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? 
Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guests every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Hope to see you there. Oh. And we are back. Back. Yep. Back. <coughs> back. Back. Okay, so, um, <laughs> what else happens here in this, uh, wonderful movie, Matt? <coughs> um, well, the contraptions progressively get more violent as, as Santa Claus gets more violent, and at one point, he starts, like, shooting, like, darts at his neck, and he, like, he creates, like, a, basically, like, a smoke bomb, essentially. Um, he uh, puts a gunpowder in a fake grenade, and he, he, uh, he, um, puts it in, like, this toy train. But the guy sent it back, like, he had known, I guess, that the kid was there, I don't know, or something like that, and that he thought, Oh yeah, because at one point he hides his grand grandpa in like this like old toy room with like a bunch of old like part of the mansion is just like a room dedicated to like old toys. Like at one point, yeah, and he has like these secret passages: one that looks like a refrigerator, and one that looks like a like a wardrobe. It's just insane. Yeah, like how much work he's put into like changing this house into like and, a weird like. And he says that this is, and he and his grandpa asks, asks where they are when he's trying to hide his grandpa and he says, this is my secret place that mom doesn't even know about. And I'm like, what? How does she not know about this? <laughs> it's, it was a big mansion. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm working all the time. So maybe I, she doesn't I, even know. <laughs> I guess that makes sense because like, um, I had a friend who lived like, there's like these mansions in the old West end of Toledo, mm-hmm. um, which is an area we have here in these like really old historic mansions. And when I was in high school, my friend John lived in one of those. And he had lived there for a few years at that point. And we were ex- he was showing me around the house, and we went down to the basement. And I was like, what's that over there? And he's like, I don't know. And we found this whole other room that he never knew existed. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it was just weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's sitting there writing uh, like a... A pony, you know, like one of those, um, what do you call them? Like, rocking horse? Pony with the spring or whatever. Well, it's um, like a spring one, not like a rocking horse, <laughs> but kind of like They're one, talking yeah. to his grandpa. It's just a bizarre scene. And then, but then they, the guy eventually finds him. So then he, he puts his grandfather, it's a pretty genius idea, puts him in a night suit and has him hide inside of the armor. Yeah. That was pretty unique. But then he thought the, Santa was sending the the bomb, the train bomb, towards the armor. I don't think he knew the guy was in there. I think that no, was he was just sending it off towards where he thought the kid was. So then he he runs out, you know, to try to stop it. So then he, the Santa guy knows that you know it's out there, and kind of grabs him or whatever. I think, and then um, at one point he stabs him or cuts him with a knife. I think he like stabs um, him in the he, leg. Yeah, yeah, because he's running down the stairs, and then, you know, his grandfather, like, the poor guy, like, he can't do anything to protect his, like, 10-year-old grandson. I know. <laughs> so he just 
people watching all this go on, and he can't do anything about it because he's like completely, almost completely blind and um, diabetic, you know, weak and stuff like that. And um, meanwhile, his mom has been trying to call the house this whole time, and she's worried that something's wrong, you know, because nobody's answering the phone. And then um, she decides to leave leave work um, early, and then uses like her car phone because back then you know maybe some of our younger audience might not realize this but back then they actually used to build like usually for people who had like a lot of money or whatever they actually built a phone inside the car and then you could make phone calls i'm not sure how it worked out how you'd be able to get a reception maybe they had like an antenna there's, the it, was, it was through the antenna and the, there's like an antenna okay. on the car and stuff yeah yeah, so it, it was actually trying, like a cell phone in a lot of ways, but it was like an early yeah. cell phone. So yeah, which you know, you think about it, that really should have been a part of all cars when it was when it was actually made available, just in case you got into like an emergency situation or whatever. Yeah, but I guess know, it but, was it was yeah. it was like economically prohibitive though, you know, because <laughs> I'm pretty right, sure that they were so expensive. expensive or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, since so she's calling, you know, from there. And she gets into a she uh, when it, she like slips on the ice or something and ends up um, like almost crashing off like a hill or cliff or whatever. And um, her boyfriend, um, who also works at uh, I think he works as like an accountant at the, the mall or whatever. He's he's also trying to call the house and he eventually leaves because he got a a fax um, from Thomas saying. Help me, Santa! Trying to kill me or kill. kill it says, TJ. "Help! Santa Claus is attacking me, ha- attacking my grandpa and me." I have a picture of yeah. it right in front of me. So it was just like, so it's like, what the fuck? So then he's like, "What the hell?" So he goes, leaves, and he ends up finding the uh, the car. You know, so he ends up um, saving. Um, I forgot her name. What's her name? Julia. Um, I forgot her name. Um, oh, the, the mom's <laughs> name is Julie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He ends up saving her and then they drive they're driving you know, driving to the house or whatever. At one point he um he gets a mess Thomas gets a message out to his friend, um, and his friend rides his bike over, but then just as he's about to enter the house, the Santa guy's like are about to kill Thomas and Thomas tells him to run away, so then this really suspenseful scene where he gets on his bike and the Santa's running after him. It looks like he's gonna end up catching up with the kid, but then right at that moment, a car drives by, and then he's you know the kid's far enough away now to get away from him or whatever. And again, the Santa guy has this like weird look of sadness on his face, where it's not. It's almost like he doesn't really want to kill the kids. Like it's like he. It's like he wishes he was one still, or what, or he thinks this is like a game. It's a really bizarre. Yeah, it's like he doesn't want to. It's like he wants to hurt the kid and maybe kill him, but not really. But he likes the game. But it's also it's just so weird. You don't know what his motivations are because, like, he was fine killing the delivery dude and the caretakers and the dog. <laughs> it's like, right, but not the kids though. It's just a weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very bizarre thing going on with this guy. So like. Well, at one point, do another really suspenseful scene. Um, him and his grandpa get to the car in the garage that they had been working on, but it won't start. Yeah. And, like, the guy's just very Michael Myers is just standing there for, like, a whole minute. Then he just starts walking towards the car, you know? <laughs> it's like, it, that's the thing that's weird about this. Okay, and so, I mean, even to a, uh, like to a lesser extent, like Michael Myers and the Halloween movies and stuff like that is how slow the guy is. There are so many times that I I don't know what it was. It was like it was like I think that Thomas could have got away, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he's he walks very deliberately and, and slowly and kind of plus too he gets hurt a lot of times, you know, so he's injured and um <laughs> I mean there's also a um, point too where his friend shows up on his bike. Thomas's little friend. Yeah. Um, and the fucking Santa Claus guy chases him through the woods or something. Yeah, now suddenly he's super fast. It's like, yeah. it's just weird. Right? <laughs> it was you riding your bike in the snow. Yeah. I mean, it's 
dangerous and just, you yeah. don't really get. I mean, he falls speed. down a couple times. It's just, yeah. That's what scared me. I'm like, I'm like, he's going to fall on his bike, you know, and then sure enough, he does. And then, uh, um, <clears throat> there's just this, like, in the music they play. Oh, the music. Uh, so, oh, man, I love, like, it's definitely, like, a, a Korg synthesizer. I'm almost certain is that's yeah. what it is. Because it's, you know, they probably didn't have a huge budget. And a Korg, Korg was expensive back then, but not as expensive as hiring, like, professional, like, orchestras or, or whatever, you know. So, like, but it had, like, this really extra layer of suspense to it because the the music is just great. I, I really hope that like they made a soundtrack where you could just listen to the music they had here yeah. because like the original score, oh man, like it's just it's great and like uh and then like the songs they have in between like the English songs like the the Christmas one where he's having all these flashbacks of his dog and then at one point he's like holding the dog, like, in his hand, like, carrying, burying him and stuff yeah, like the, the music in the and film, like, The music in the film was done by somebody named Jean-Felix Lalaine. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, so, we get towards the end here, and, uh, so, Julie is concerned over her, uh, her calls not getting through. Um, she phones the police, who send over an officer to the mansion, to check on Thomas and Pappy. <laughs> That's the grandpa's name. Um, then the vagrant murders the policeman. They only set one cop. Like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> but, I mean, they didn't know what was up. It was just basically a welfare check on the kids, so you don't really... But you think they would at least have a partner. Um, yeah, back up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, um... So, the, the basically... Um, the vagrant, the the vagrant Santa Claus guy, he captures Thomas again, and um, but then because uh, okay, so so he had to at one point there was like this really suspenseful thing because his grandpa was dying. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. And he needed to get his insulin, <clears throat> and he goes all the way to the caretaker's house. It looked like or something to get this insulin. He finally gets it. Um. The but um so so uh at that point I don't know this movie's so fucked up <laughs> <laughs> the um so to defend his grandpa and combat the trespasser um who has cut the telephone lines and trashed the only car the man at one point catches Thomas, but the but then immediately releases him while declaring, "I win, you lose. Now I'll go hide myself, and you'll be okay. Be it okay." That's what I mean. Like it's like a it's game to him. Up. Like it's it's like he does, he could have killed him right then and there. I, I mean, know, why like, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, but to him, it's a game. I don't think he actually like. I don't think he actually had any motivation other than playing this weird game. But also, he was mad at the kid's mom because he just got fired after like one day of work. It was just like yeah. a mixed bag of motivations. Yeah, I mean, Plus, at least like in killed. Home Alone, the Wet Bandits had a motivation to like just rob the place. You know, it's like exactly. But of course, like we said, the backstory is going to be that Marv had cancer and they needed to afford, you know, the chemo and stuff like that. And yeah, you know, we're we're gonna see that in Home Alone Seven. It's gonna be. <laughs> You know, I can't believe it's <laughs> home on <alone> movies. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so he, anyways, he he manages to get the insulin to help his grandpa. Um, at the end, and um, so the the vagrant has like the police officer's gun at one point, and then so does, uh, and then Thomas gets it at one point, and then the grandfather wakes up and he has the gun and he shoots the the vagrant and uh julie and and, and her boyfriend arrive at the house and uh 
I'm sorry, this movie is so fucked. They find a stunned Thomas standing over the killer's body, like, stammering and saying, it's my fault, Mom. I wanted to see Santa. I know, it's so sad. And then, like, they start playing what she said to him with, like, a bunch of echo over it, like, yeah. it's going to turn into an ogre if you look for him and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, then the movie just ends like that. Ends with There's some no sad resolution. music playing, and it's just so fucked up. No resolution, that's the ending, and then it played that weird Christmas song, right? At the, it's yeah. almost like the director was, like, trolling a little bit. Like, I don't know if he, like... It, it just almost seems like he was having a little bit of fun with it, like yeah, you know. <laughs> um, do you want to take a quick break and then we'll uh, talk about some reviews for this movie? Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. What is Gen X? What is the Silent Generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. Hi, this is Catherine, host of a new fashion podcast, The Real Fashion School Dropout. Join me as I interview guest every week in the fashion and beauty space and we gossip on all things fashion and beauty and even get into some personal stories of their journey in the industry you can find us on apple spotify pretty much wherever you get your podcast hope to see you there and we are back do you want me to read you some uh um, like, uh, reviews from the Internet Movie Database here, Matt? Please do. Okay, here's a 9 out of 10 from, uh, Joseph M. Papp. Um, this is from December 26th of 2020. Uh, WTF, question mark. <laughs> this movie turns on a dime and it's epic. The movie has an edge I didn't expect. Thomas comes off as a very smart but as very smart but naive. <laughs> when the yeah. when the horror hits, he definitely comes into his own. The the Santa is brutal, disturbing and psychotic. I expected something a little more lighthearted, but this is genuinely tense. <laughs> I'm shocked and pleased with the film. Um, great editing, good music, and fun Christmas horror. Um, 10 out of 10. One of the best Santa slashers ever by R. <laughs> Collins 20. And this was written just a few days ago as we recorded this on November 18th of 2021. Oh, wow. This is a must-see for any fan of of the Santa slasher subgenre filmed in France. This movie basically did the whole home alone thing first as it was released in 1989 while the first home alone film was released in 1990 in it. A little boy must defend his home on Christmas Eve from a deranged killer dressed up as Santa Claus. Um, Patrick uh, Florsheim, um, not Florshine, Flourish, Florsheim, sorry, <laughs> starts as the um, maniacal Chris Kringle and is truly unforgettable, maniacal, I'm sorry, Chris Kringle, and truly unforgettable, uh, bringing a level of creepiness and authenticity to the role that is on par with Oliver McGreevy's performance in the 1972 Tales from the Crypt. So get your... <laughs> Booby traps ready, cause this Pierre Noel, Noel is straight out of hell. 
I just messed <laughs> up their rhyme, but this, cause this Pierre Noel is straight out of hell. <laughs> um, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, like, this has got a lot of positive reviews. I don't see any negative ones, honestly. <laughs> like the lowest review is a seven out of 10. <laughs> Really, like we're like when we're talking about it, it's it's hard to talk about the nuances. Like you gotta watch like yeah, the camera angles and certain scenes are like like there's one scene where like he's just like sitting. It looks like he's just sitting on a throne. He's just like staring for like thirty like thirty seconds. Like yeah, it's it's hard to describe those little details. You know, it's for sure. Um, like we've said, a fever dream that you need to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, after I watched it, it did give me kind of creepy dreams. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I had some creepy ones too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It probably was it meant to, like, <laughs> like um, activate certain parts of your brain almost, you know, like. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, just letting you know, it does not influence you to want to go out and kill children or dogs or anything. So, well, no, just, just letting that, you but... know. <laughs> have a, a weird dream about a dog though yeah um about that where uh it was uh it was well actually it was my old dog who passed away last year yeah and she, she it was her lifeless body was just kept around but like it never deteriorated but it was just there like it was so disturbing like, weird like it was very weird like <laughs> it was like uh, i kept asking why why do we still have her here? It's like, oh well we like having her around. I'm like, I know, but she's dead. Like it, like but like it was like it was just stayed there. Like it was like nothing like there's no like decay. Like it was just it was like I was, it was very disturbing. So thanks like, a I, lot. I always I always find it weird when people do things like that with their dogs and stuff. Like they'll actually have people that taxidermy their pets. Well this wasn't that. It was yeah, it, was it was just, just there. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't taxes. There, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's person's choice to do that if they want. But like, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not into that. <laughs> Me either. Um, you know, but I guess at least it's not like you know doing it to your mother, like Norman Bates or something. But um, the. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Would you recommend people watch this movie, Matt? Yes, definitely. It's such a good movie. I mean, like, try to get a good version because, you know, the one I watched was pretty crappy, so it kind of took away some of the, maybe yeah. some of it, some of the, whatever, the enthusiasm or whatever. Because when I first saw it, it was actually like full screen, yeah. you know, on the TV or whatever. But I was sitting there watching it on my phone. And not only that, it was, it was widescreen even for that, so it was like a tiny little rectangle, yeah. basically. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, but that was the, the version they have watch. on AMC Plus and Sh- and um, Shutter, which is owned by AMC. So they're both, you know, they're like if I found out if if you get like basically the AMC Plus channel right now, if I, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's still going to be like this once this uh, once this episode goes up, but they have it for ninety nine cents for two months, so. Like, well, I mean, it was like 99 cents each month, but so it's like two bucks for two months. Um, and, uh, if you, if you have Amazon prime, so you can get it through there and then you get it as an Amazon prime channel. And it also has on the AMC plus, and they're not spot, they're not sponsor. I'm just saying this. You also get like uh, Sundance channel and IFC and, uh, and shutter all on there. And you get this movie and a bunch of other horror films on shutter and, bunch of like you know indie films on all the other channels and tv shows and stuff like that so it's pretty cool for that i mean i don't know how much it is normally a month but if it's not much i might actually even keep it i don't know but we'll see but um yes cool yeah um the but yeah i i would recommend watching it and it's definitely definitely good um one of the weirdest christmas movies i've ever seen in my life if not weirdest movies i've ever seen in my life um (laughs) Yeah, so, anyways, uh, just a reminder, do not drink cheer. Yeah. You know, don't spread joy all over your friends. Um, 
Wear a mask. That'll make it harder for you to drink cheer if you're wearing a mask. And, um... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or anything. So, you know, maybe don't wear the mask all the time, you know, and drink other things like, you know, water or juice or soda or something like that is okay. Yeah. In moderation. And, um... Yeah, edible stuff is fine. Yeah. Um, well, not Tide Pods. Well, no, no. Those aren't edible, though. Just because you can eat them doesn't mean they're edible. Right. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I mean, I could eat a battery. It doesn't mean I should. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, so you know, wear a mask. Um, go to Apple Podcast and uh, give us a five-star review if you like this episode. You know, subscribe to the show. Um so you can be up on the latest episodes. Check out our T Public. We got some really cool shirts there. Um, also, check out our Patreon um, if you want to help uh, support the show. You know, and here's something that I think people should do as a gift to uh, your friends: share it with them. Share an episode. Yeah. Be like, hey, I really like Matt and Mike. They're cool. Check this out. You know. Or I really like Matt and Mike can go fuck himself, but check this out. <laughs> I don't care, you know. So, <laughs> but anyways, um, tis the season to be jolly. That doesn't mean you have to change your name to Jolly. And no. um, you know, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two podcast. A Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.